Hello, everybody. Welcome to The Donna Watson Show. I'm your host, Donna Watson. I'm just an average American patriot who loves God, her family, her country, and try really hard to listen to God's voice. Sometimes I write stuff. Come with me. Together, let's explore this crazy experience we call life. Welcome to the show. Hello, everybody. Welcome to podcast number two. I'm so glad that you're here. I wanted to share an encouraging word with you today. Came out of my morning quiet time. I was reading the book of Joel, and it's a very interesting passage. In this period of time that we're in right now, our country is in a really difficult place. And one of our most important, but one of our most difficult tasks that we could ever do is to shift our attention away from what we can see, from what is visible in front of us, to that which is invisible, to shift from what we feel, what is tangible to the eternal, and to shift our attention from what will rust and rot to that which will last forever. Mark 8.36 says, What will it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses his own soul? Souls are important. Your soul is important. John 8, 12 says, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. And that's really the goal. To have the light of Christ inside of us, that is an admirable goal. But how do we do that? You know, in First Peter, the first chapter verse 15 and 16 it reads just as he who called you is holy so be holy in all you do for it is written be holy because i am holy this verse keeps coming back to me again and again lately i'm not sure why and god's trying to tell me something i think but the thought that came to me today i've been thinking so much about our country thinking about America. I love my country. And as part of the American church, particularly the American evangelical church, I think, we've been blessed for so long that we have allowed our blessings to lull us into this stupor. Um, Even in the church, among those who truly love God, who are truly children of God, we have become so comfortable in many places that we have allowed ourselves, we gave ourselves permission to focus on the blessings rather than the obedience. What God impressed on me today is that blessings and obedience are a package deal. God stands ready to bless, to help his people. This is definitely true. The Bible tells us that again and again. 
But if like immature toddlers who only have eyes for selfish wants, we stand with our hands outstretched toward the blessings of life, insisting, mine, mine, God will not honor our selfishness. But he is our good father, and like a good father that he is, he will withhold from us those things that will only strengthen our sinful nature. Now, as I said earlier, God stands ready to bless us, but only as a byproduct of our obedience. He will not rain showers of blessing upon spoiled, petulant children. And so often in the American church, we've gotten comfortable, we've gotten spoiled, and yeah, I think we've gotten a little bit petulant. The prophet Joel calls us to return to God. The second chapter, verses 12 to 14 says, Turn to me with all your heart, with fasting, weeping, and mourning. Tear your hearts, not just your clothes, and return to the Lord your God. For he is gracious and compassionate, slow to anger, abounding in faithful love, and he relents from sending disaster. Who knows, he may turn and relent and leave a blessing behind him so you can offer grain and wine to the Lord your God. There's that word blessing again. But notice, it comes after repentance. Our focus should not rest on the blessing, but on the repentance. Only when we come to the Lord with broken hearts will he smile on us. And his response to our spiritual obedience to follow his ways is to smile and, yes, to bless his children. Uh, one of the books that I'm reading right now uh, today is March 22nd. And I've been reading, hmm, let's see, what's it called? From the Grave, a 40-day Lent devotional by A.W. Tozer. This was a uh, some wonderful people pulled some of shorter pieces of Tozer's together and made this compilation special for Lent. And this was in the 29th chapter. And he... In this chapter, he assembled a list of the fruits of obedience as described in the New Testament. These are all things that we can enjoy as obedient children of God. Uh, Matthew 7.24 refers to the house of the obedient man is built upon a rock. And John chapter 14, verse 21 and 23 it says, he shall be loved by the Father and shall have the manifestation of the Father and the Son who will come unto him and make their abode with him. The obedient man shall abide in the love of Christ. We find that in John 15.10. By obedience to the doctrines of Christ, he set free from sin and made a servant of righteousness. That's from Romans 6.17-18. The Holy Spirit is given to the obedient man. We see that in Acts 5.32. He, 
He's delivered from self-deception and blessed in his deeds. We find that in James, the first chapter, verses 22 to 25. James, second chapter, verses, uh, the verse 22, says his faith is perfected. And the last one is 1 John chapter 3, verses 18 to 22, shows that the obedient man is confirmed in his assurance toward God and given confidence in prayer, so that what he asks is given to him. Now, this is not new information. This is not an earth-shattering revelation. I know that. But it follows God's desires for mankind ever since he created Adam and Eve. In Genesis 1, verses 26 to 31, it records that God made man in his image to rule the fish, the birds, the livestock, the whole earth and earth's creatures. And God blessed them. In the same breath, he gave them a command to be fruitful and multiply and take care of the earth, fill the earth and subdue it, the scripture says. Rule the fish, the birds, and every living creature. And God blessed man with all the plants for food. So again, command and blessing. They're coming in the same God breath. As we obey God's plain instructions, he responds to us with blessings. Now, if we go back to Joel in the second chapter, the blessings that Joel talks about are not blessings for blessing's sake, but they have to go hand in hand with a repentant and an obedient heart. Verse 18 and 19 says, The Lord is jealous for his people, and he stands ready to bless. In verse 20, the Lord will defeat those who come against his people. In Joel 2, 21 and 22, it shows that the Lord will cause creation to flourish again. All life he creates is sacred. That's another thing God's been impressing on me. Life is sacred. In verse 23 and 24, the Lord will bring rain He'll bring grain and fresh oil, and he calls us to praise him for those gifts. In verse 25, Joel refers to the Lord will repay his people for their losses, which losses that were incurred because of their disobedience. Um, And then in verse 26 and 27, it reads, You will have plenty to eat and be satisfied. You will praise the name of the Lord your God, who has dealt wondrously with you. My people will never again be put to shame. You will know that I am present in Israel, and that I am the Lord your God, and there is no other. My people will never again be put to shame. So this principle of obedience and blessing in Joel, it precedes the day of the Lord and the outpouring of his spirit that he talks about later in that chapter. God calls us to prepare for spiritual war in the third chapter. He's not calling just the powerful, but he's calling all men. I love this. In in the third chapter, verse 10, it reads, Let even the weakling say, I am a warrior. 
Verse 9 is, Proclaim this among the nations, prepare for holy war. Rouse the warriors, let all the men of war advance and attack. All the men, even the weaklings, even me, even me. So God's judgment day, it's going to be a fearsome day. Um, I think we're looking at God's judgment in America right now. Joel says, The Lord will roar from Zion and make his voice heard from Jerusalem. Heaven and earth will be shaken. I don't know about you, but it sure seems like everything is being shaken right now. But the promise here, in verse 16, it says, But the Lord will be a refuge for his people. So now what? What do we do with all this information? What do we do with this principle? We do the next thing. That's something that I got from Tozer. Do the next thing. Study the word. Learn his will. And as you begin to understand, as he shows you what his will is, you just do the next thing. We've accomplished his will, and we learn to live in obedience. We learn to act one step at a time. Tozer said, just do the next thing you know you should do to carry out the will of the Lord. So I translate that. We stop sinning. We get right with God. Repent. Get right with anyone whom you have wronged. Ask forgiveness. Forgive anyone who has wronged you. Use all your resources to advance the kingdom. Use your gifts. Live sacrificially, pray, study the Bible, study the Word of God, and tell others about Him. And that's the next thing. It's as simple as that. I hope this Word encourages you today. It did me this morning. It challenged me. And it's time to take the next step to live our day and do the next thing. God bless you guys. Talk to you soon. Bye.